0: Hi, I'm Tiffany Patlin, host of the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast, where I discuss tools, tips, and techniques to heal your mind, body, and soul. I am on a godly mission to heal the world. for joining us today on the Tiffany Talks Health and Wellness Podcast. Today I have Crystal Home with us and she is a Feng Shui master, interior designer and clutter expert who helps soul-driven entrepreneurs transform their relationship with their space. Using her proprietary framework, the design life method, mind, body, soul, and home, she helps her clients use their space as a source of power to help them achieve their personal and professional goals faster. Crystal shows women how to use their workspace as a 3D vision board to design who they are becoming and the life they want with it right into their space. Thank you so much for joining us
1: today, Crystal. You're welcome. I am... Ready and so happy to be here.
0: <laughs> yes, me too. I'm happy you're here because I want to see what it is that I can learn from you. You know, there's always something new to learn. Um, mm-hmm. so if you would just share with us how it is that you got started on this journey of yours.
1: Oh, goodness, <laughs> <laughs> I sort of feel like it was destiny. You ever feel like that, where it's just yes. like everything in your life led you here? Yes, um. Even from the time I was like a little girl, I had sort of this this vision, right, for what I wanted my life to be. When I grew, I think we all do, right? Yes. Have this like vision of what you want your life to be. And I I grew up in a really ab- abusive home. I, I grew up. My parents are my my whole family. Really, is very holier than thou religious and and they have this rigid ideology about women Mm. um, and about their role um, in the world and so they had this completely different vision for me and who I would become you know as an adult um, that I would be and and their vision was really only a wife and a mother, (laughs) that was it. Like that was, that was the only thing as a woman that was like my destiny. Anything else beyond that was meticulously stripped away from me. Like every dream. It didn't seem to matter what it was really, Um, you know, I had a, because I always wanted to own my own business. Um, From the time I was very little, my grandparents owned their own business uh my my mother worked for them so i would go there like after school and that was my daycare was running around my grandparents' shop Mm -hmm. um and and so even from a very young age i understood the the freedom that would come from owning my own business The, the freedom of being able to you know run my own life and be in charge for real not like the fake in charge that my parents would always put me like, in charge of my siblings, but Mm. for real in charge of my life. But it was still a very ethereal thing, right? You know, like, I want a business. What kind of business? Like, what do you do in your business? You know, (laughs) like, that part, I had no idea. And that was the part that they would just strip away. Like, I had this, I want to be a singer. And they laughed at me and made fun of how I sing. Or, you know, I wanted to do... uh, be a race car driver. And well, girls don't do that. Like literally their only vision was be a mom, be a wife and you're too stupid for anything else. Um, And it was, it was brutal, right? Anytime I tried to step outside of that, um, that vision, (laughs) right? I was brutally beat back into my place. Um, Physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, religiously, you name it. I was brutally forced back into this mold. Um, and I rebelled <laughs> ridiculously. Um, my, that was, now, I sort of should mention, my parents were divorced. My, my mother and my stepfather are, and her family are sort of the religious nut jobs. <laughs> and gotcha. My father, on the other hand, is, an atheist. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you had night and day. And, and yes. And, and in fact, he remarried also. And the woman that he remarried was incredibly independent. Um, she, he was her fifth husband. Like she had her own home. She had her own autonomy. Like she had that power, um she had dreams she fulfilled them all like she would talk to me about her life and all of the things that she had experienced and how just she would walk into whatever like I want to go do this and she would just go do it and i had this role model of like one empowered woman that sure she was a wife and a mother but she was so many other things two um for me to look up to and want to emulate right want to want to be like her i wanted that for myself i had that sort of a vision um and unfortunately she passed away when i was 16 and oh, it's it sorry hit, it hit hard um i i it it knocked me off my my game, really. And in that fall, I guess, um, in that time period, I got so lost in in what I wanted um, that I did wind up just married and pregnant <laughs> within a couple of years of that. And still no, like, career option. I graduated high school, like, That became my only escape from, you know, getting away from this rigid oppression of my parents. Um, This, you, you will be what, you know, what we say, this good girl, good Christian, conservative version of what we see for you and nothing more than that. But unfortunately, because of all of, Everything else that I had taken in, all the beliefs that I had taken in about myself being stupid and unwanted and unlovable and everything, I wound up in one sort of abusive relationship after another Mm -hmm. um, for a long time. Um, Can
0: I ask you something? Did you ever feel at some point when you were in those um, abusive relationships in one way or another that that's what you were meant, like, because of what you experienced as a child?
1: No, no. In fact, it was intolerable to me, which is why I would walk away all the time. I would, I was the throwaway kid, right? Before, when my parents first got divorced, um, and my mother started dating, because that's who I lived with, she was dating several men. Um, And I think trying to just find the next husband, because that's all mm-hmm. she knew too, right? Right. Was, Just, you got to get married. You got to find a guy. And so she was dating three people. One was a drug addict. One was a a habitual gambler. And one was a devout Christian pedophile. (laughs) Guess which one she chose? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, He was an alcoholic uh, and violently abusive. Um, I, I, I think... I, I out of the six of us children, I know at least half of us were stabbed <laughs> by him. Like I'm talking brutally violent. I was thrown down the stairs when I was pregnant with my child, eighteen oh stairs. My gosh. Um, when I when I told that was their response to me getting pregnant um was to throw me down the stairs. Like they don't believe in abortion. <laughs> but, you know, if you miscarry, that's something different. You know what I mean? Oh. Like it's a it's that sort of ideology of no, you will conform and you will fit into this box. Control. Force you. Yes, control, absolute control. It was like a combination dictatorship slave plantation. Wow. Like from the time and when she was dating him, I told her ahead of time, like I don't like him. I like this guy, and I like that guy, and they're okay, but this one, I don't like him, and it came down to this ultimatum of, like, it's him or me. Like, you got to choose, lady, um, and it came down, to, and I was nine. Wow. Actually, that's I was, so actually, I was eight when they got divorced. I was somewhere between eight and nine years old when this whole situation happened, because they were married by the time I was nine, <clears throat> so it came down to this, like, literally at eight years old, it came down to this battle between me and my mother of it's him or me um and I'm not tolerating this this shit not from yeah. you and not from him and the moment she married him it, it it became a battleground in my house as far as I was concerned and it remained a battleground until I turned 18 and moved out actually I moved out before mm-hmm. I turned 18 but every day was a battleground in that house um every day there was you know beatings and battles and and one thing after another, um, from the, you know, I was just a tiny child. So that was, but always I was like, I will not tolerate this. So, and in fact, the only reason I was dating the guy I was dating when I got pregnant is because my parents hated him. Like literally I took the battle everywhere and they hated him. So I dated him. Um, It's that rebellion, right? It was absolutely that rebellion. And, but then after I was pregnant and then they were like, well, now you have to be married and forced the issue, his parents and mine, um, like forced me into the mold. And I was like, I don't want to be married. And then we settled into that sort of, uh, thing. And it was exactly what I said I never wanted, right? It was a man child that I was required to. Wait on hand and foot, cook and clean. And, you know, I don't even want to go there. Like I'm having a moment, right. I'm going on a rant, but he was everything I never wanted in a husband ever. And we literally talked about divorce on our wedding day.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: I was like, when we get divorced, this is what's happening. Like you forced me into this shotgun wedding Right. Because we have a at the time, my daughter, my my daughter, who's the oldest, um, was 10 months old. And him and his parents, along with mine, sort of forced the whole issue. But I um, we left the wedding in like separate cars. And I was very much of the attitude, like, look, when we get divorced, this is what's happening because I am not putting up with this crap. And we went through a couple of years of, you know trying to make it work where I put up with his garbage um, before I finally was like, no, I'm done. And then I moved on to the next relationship and he was better in some ways and much, much worse in other ways. And the, you know, as soon as I was like, but because of, because of my upbringing, because I didn't, I didn't believe, I believed I deserved more. I just didn't think that I could achieve more. Mm. at that time right I tried I tried everything i could to support my children but like when I was in a second relationship I was more financially dependent on him so it took me longer to get away right um to build up that that financial um safety net to be able to to escape with my children and I did i i left and I, I moved across the country with them because he was, just as brutal as, well, I shouldn't say just as brutal as my stepfather, but he was also physically abusive. and I was like, nope, we're not doing this, not you, not my children. Um, my you know, I will stand here between you and my children and you won't. I'm not doing that. Like we're mm-hmm. not repeating that cycle. Um, more power to
0: you for that. I mean, and- it takes a lot to do that. So good for you
1: it was not easy um by any stretch of the imagination but I was like you're not good enough to to be a father to my children like you're just not good enough for them um like not sorry <laughs> I'm not even gonna say sorry not sorry because I'm just straight up not sorry right um you know moved on into another relationship and this time was more like I was more on the abusive side of things. Like I'm intolerant of a lot. He was abusive in his own way, but I was now like this, I will not um, put up with this sort of behavior. Um, and I was, starting to, I was starting to kind of step into my own power in that, but I had no idea how to, right. because the only example I had ever seen was this oppressive, violent, you know, I power over people sort of thing, not power to anything. Like, and I had to find that part. But I I finally found myself at this stage in my life where I was just miserably unhappy. I had, um, I, I, I tried several different businesses. Um, they had failed. (laughs) I had failed, not that they had failed. I had failed. Um, for various reasons, um, the second one actually the company itself failed. It was a network marketing company, and they ended up going out of business. So it wasn't me that failed, um, but it was the company itself. Um, and I was just sort of at this stage where I had a job, I had quit my job um, because a, another another guy that I knew, a friend that I had met through mutual friends, had offered me this job at the company he worked for, and um, I'd had the interview. I'd had all everything. <laughs> and um, I don't think I've ever told anybody this story before. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he, uh, he had promised me this job. And it was such a good opportunity for me that I had quit the job that I had and, um, like, showed up at my new job where I was supposed to be. And the guy didn't even work there. What? What? I know. It was so humiliating, first of all, because like, well, like he was, I, we were in a wedding together. He was the best man. I was the maid of honor in this wedding for friends of ours. Right. And, uh, so I sort of trusted him obviously more than I should, (laughs) but you know, I had talked to him during all the hours of planning this wedding. We had just talked about stuff and you know, and I had like explained to him how how like unhappy I was with I didn't want to have this job. I wanted to have something else, and I, you know, wasn't having the life that I wanted. And so he had offered me this position. And yeah, turns out he was a complete and utter fraud. Everything he had ever ever said to anybody out of all the people that knew him was a lie. He wound up in jail, actually, for for fraud and and all of this stuff. But I wound up with nothing I had no job right and rent due and I'm like sitting on my and I was depressed because because I fell for it like and I was like maybe I really am as stupid as Mm. like my parents always told me I was like I I I just caved and um I sat on my sofa for about six months probably in the same sweats, like I didn't even change my clothes. I just sat there and I, I, and I'm dating myself a little bit, but this was back in the day when um, the interior design shows started to be so popular and they would be on all the time. And I would just sit there for hours all day long, just watching these interior design shows. I love them too. (laughs) And and it was soothing to me because of all the things that my parents And my family kind of tried to force onto me in my childhood, right? You must know how to cook, you must be a good cleaner, you must, you know, be able to perform sexually, but only for your husband, because you gotta be a virgin, as but you know what I mean, like the (laughs) Madonna whore thing. You gotta be good at it, but no experience necessary (laughs) sort of thing, you know. But they'd also decorating is sort of a thing, right? My, my grandmother decorated her home, like, meticulously. My mother, too. And I think that was more of a facade, right? It has to look like we are good people. You're, that's why I was sort of, like, I had a little bit of freedom to, like, pick my paint color in my room and decorate a little bit. But they were very rigid about the condition of my room, the cleanliness of my room. And I sort of felt like, well, I need a space where I can be me like i need a space that's mine and and decorating was one of the things that i'd always always done right i played with my barbie dream house i rearranged my room all the time like my sister and i would switch our beds around and mm-hmm. like it was that was my one place that i had this tiny little bit of control even though it was my parents would routinely come in and right. you know ransack the place and and do like prison searches for, for, uh, you know, for, um, what's the, what's the word that I want? Um, Oh, I can't think of it. You know, the stuff, the stuff you're not allowed to have contraband, Um, contraband, right. (laughs) My parents would come searching for like contraband in our room religiously. And they found stuff all the time. Like when I was 11, um, I'd written my first book. Oh, wow. Um, And it was my, my, my mother called it porn. Um, But it was, you know, and then she tried to say, obviously I'm being molested and it must be my father, like my biological father, not the stepfather who I told her is, you know, a monster. She literally tried, she found the book that I wrote about it and shamed me for it and was like, you know, but yeah, they religiously would, would ransack like a police department coming through to you know just strip the room and then it was you know keep it clean keep it clean so decorating was sort of in my blood um, right that whole thing but as I sat there and so those shows would be so soothing to me and finally
0: was it inspiring as well I feel like you were inspired it it kind
1: of was at the end of this sort of six month period and like I said, I've never told this story before, so I don't even know what like tripped the whole thing. But I was like, I, you know, obviously I have to go back to work. I have to get a job. I have to do something because I have children to support. My ex-husband didn't pay child support like ever. Um, In fact, he terminated his rights to my kids and walked away. Just nothing. Um, But I had to have a job. And so I was like, after six months of watching these shows, I was sort of like, Oh, Light bulb went on, you know, what if I got a job as an interior designer? I could do this. I'm, I'm good at this. My friends have been asking me for years to help them decorate. Like my house is a, maybe not a showroom, but it's got some pretty cool decorative items. Like it's, it's my jam. And I was like, I could do that. And I started calling, um, different design firms in, uh, in Denver, which is where I lived at the time. And every one of them was like, you have to have a degree. Ah, and I didn't even know that was a thing up until that moment. Like my parents had told me always I was too stupid for college. And I, you know, I'd went to school to become a hairdresser. I'd went to school to become a travel agent, but I never like thought college was for me. And I didn't know that that was a job that you could have, like really until like that had this light bulb moment. And when they told me like, you have to have a degree, I was like, all right. And I Went to college. I'm like, all right, I'm right like, I am going to school for this. I am so unhappy. I need something that would make me be happy. Yes. Um, and so I did. I went back to school and to become an interior designer. And it was when I was in college that uh, I sort of discovered feng shui. I'd heard about it. Um, I knew it was related to your home and your energy. And the one thing that my stepmom had taught me was about energy, right? That was another thing that she had taught me and I had spent my whole life kind of researching that subject matter. Um, And so in psychology class, I had to write this report and that was the topic that I chose to write it on. And I was hooked like from day one, I turned in the paper, I got an A and had still no idea of like, how does this, work. Like I don't quite understand it. I need to hands on, like I need to get my hands in it and get dirty with it. And I need to experiment with it in my space because this is, at the time I was like, this is the magic pill. Like, you know, I've been studying energy and witchcraft and, you know, all of this history of magic and how the law of attraction works and how for my whole life, because. It was interesting to me and it was my, the path that I saw as the way out of my abusive childhood um, was sort of the magic pill.
0: What's funny is that you can see like how precious your room, that space was to you. And now you have a job helping others with their own
1: sacred space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Can space has always been a huge thing for me because you're right that was the only it's like go to your room was a relief for me right because line up in the kitchen was terrifying you know like i knew you were going to break out some sort of instrument <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so i needed this safe space and that was sort of what drew me to eventually to where i am now was was your home is supposed to be your sanctuary. I mean, that's an expression, right? Your home is your castle. Well, a castle is your safe space from everything out there that might come and try to harm you. It's the safe space for your people to come, right? in to protect them from the bordering people that might come and attack, like that is the safe zone. And so for me, that was always, like, a huge, huge part of my work. I fell in love with interior design. Um, I, I implemented feng shui into my home for years to try to understand it, just reading one book after another after another. And um, eventually I found myself in, like, my dream job, uh, working with clients, doing interior design. and. I literally, like as, almost as soon as I started, it was one of the first projects I was ever handed. Was um, a client that they had that they had already submitted the designs to. From it, when the client lived in China, they were familiar with feng shui and they had sent the designs back saying the feng shui is wrong and you need to fix it. And so, my boss pulled like the whole team together and wanted to know if anybody knew anything and I was the only one that said yes I can I wow. know feng shui I can fix this and so again I like put myself forward to uh, this is I think this is like my, my path right let me let me show what I can do let me let me shine yes. Because I was the newest hire at the company and sort of the low the low person on the totem pole um as the expression goes and I wanted to show my value and my worth Um, and I took on the project and I like fell in love even more with the whole, the whole process. It, it gave me like, it felt complete. There was a wholeness to the design, not just like the physical aesthetics, like marketing, right? It's not just your logo and your, you know, your physical aesthetics. It's, it's all of it. It's the message behind it. And that's kind of what Feng Shui felt like to me. It felt like the foundation of of the design, and then you sort of design like around that. And I started to be like, okay, this is this is definitely definitely the journey of how how that how there is wholeness in in space.
0: So how did you get from that job to now working for yourself? I, I was fired. <laughs> sometimes things like that happen to push you where you're meant to be.
1: I was fired. Yes, I was fired. And, um, (laughs) um, they actually ended up firing everybody, right? The recession hit. And everybody, this the old, the last one, way back <laughs> when, you know, because they happen like every, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever. So this was this was quite a few back. <laughs> and I I got fired. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna sort of go out on my own. And I I went off, I did some stuff, I, I started studying feng shui more in intensely. I actually found a college to teach it because that one client, while I fell in love with it and it gave me all this structure, it really brought me face-to-face with imposter syndrome of, I don't know for sure what I'm doing because every book I've read seems to tell me something different. And so I don't know if I'm doing it right or if I'm doing it wrong. And I definitely still was in these, in the throes of perfectionism. Right. Right right? That you cannot fail, right? You cannot make mistakes because it is life or death, right? It's the results are brutal if you make a mistake. Um, And so I I needed to study it and I needed to understand it. And I went to school and I I, I studied traditional feng shui and started learning the difference between real feng shui and fake feng shui and, and where all these things were and at the same time I was on this journey to like heal my past. Mm-hmm. Um, the the company that I had worked with the network marketing company that I had worked with um, that failed. the owner of that company was really big on personal development as part of his training within that company. So he trained everyone, the whole team. It wasn't like you're just your upline. it was like, you're all my downline. I'm training everyone and so he, he religiously did these trainings. And I fell in love with that part. And I was sort of on this journey of, of, of healing, not, not in a traditional sense. My parents had taken me to a therapist when I told people about my abuse and told the therapist I wouldn't stop lying. So, of course, every time I told the therapist about being abused, they would gaslight me about lying. And so that was not a safe uh, right. path for me as an adult. But once I discovered like personal development and all these like experiential retreats and workshops and, and, uh, and coaching and mentors and, um, you know, like my stepmom, I had that person who would, would work with me in a safe place. And so while I was on this journey and studying like traditional feng shui, I found myself in this like coaching program for a whole year with 50 other women or 49 other women, because there was me and there was 50 of us total. And um, we were all working on our relationship with men because as you can imagine, mine was atrocious. Um, I I didn't even think of them as real people, to be honest. Like they were just animals, monsters, but not human, not human with human emotions and feelings. And you know what I mean? Any of that sort of stuff. So I was really on this journey to heal that relationship because I did. I mean, not that I never wanted to get married. I just, their version of who I would marry, this man baby that I would have to pamper and was not who I wanted. I wanted a partner, but I understood I had reached this point where I was like, it's about me. Like I need to work on me (laughs) to attract a partner of this type of level. And I was in this program with all these women and I'm like, let's do the feng shui to help you guys Like with the finding love, like I did it on my house, but I need a bigger data pool so that I can know that I'm doing it right. Like I need this practice of, of doing it right. Cause I've been all these years of doing it wrong or maybe right. That I wanted this sort of practice. More experience. Yeah. Yeah. More experience to know that I actually was doing it properly and the right way. And, and, like half of them, more than half of them said yes. And so I took on all these clients and, and just to do the feng shui. And I did all of the, you know, the design work for them. And I, cause they lived all over the world. So it wasn't like I was doing design. It was really just like looking at their space and telling them how to re- rearrange things to get the energy flowing, to draw that in. And they would talk to me about stuff. And it was like all this coaching that I ended up doing around, where they were stuck and how it was showing up in their space. And like they would and it was sort of like this very natural thing where I could speak from my own lived experience. Yes. And I could speak from all this knowledge that I had over a lifetime of studying the oppression of women and abuse and how all of these things happen um as well as energy and how that works and how it transforms not just space but people. And all, and so I was just like doing this natural sort of coaching, but it it sort of transformed how I worked with them as clients.
0: I can see that. That's something that I'm noticing about you is like, as you're talking about all this stuff, even before you said that, I was like, so not only can you, Crystal, help women with their feng, feng shui, their interior design, but I was already thinking in my head, she can actually help other women with Anything that they're dealing with because of all the stuff that you've experienced, everything that you just said, like I picked up on that. And I'm so glad that you're saying that because everybody out there that's listening, you're not just going to get feng shui with crystal. You're going to get more than that. I mean, you even say the design life methods, the mind, body and soul, you touch all, all parts in every way and the home. Yeah. That is
1: amazing.
0: I just love this so much.
1: That's and where I took on the title of clutter expert. Because mm. that was one I didn't want to claim for a long time. In the very beginning when I was first starting to, like, after this stage, right, where I had worked with, and they all started having this amazing with within their relationships. And they started these new relationships. And I was like, okay, like, I got something going here. Fucking- yeah, <laughs> i like, I got something going. And, um... I moved um I moved overseas because of time difference and stuff and I was like I'm going to hire a higher coach I'm going to like really truly make a business out of this like I think I can make a go of this I had sort of this business where I was doing interior design for people and then I sort of had this over here which was like feng shui and coaching right <laughs> which was this whole other thing and I was like I need to how do I like combine them right and I hired this, this woman to teach me business and, and marketing and branding and how to tell people like, I can help you. (laughs) Like, how do I, how do I make it a business? Because finding clients was the hard part. Right. At that point, like once I was done with those people, then it was sort of like, Oh, well now what? Like it was great that I had a whole pool of all these people to offer stuff to, but how do you turn that around? And She called me out of the blue and was like, you're an interior designer, right? Will you help me with my office? And I'm like, yes, but only if you let me do the feng shui of the space too. Like I, I will only do it this way. I'm not doing either or anymore. I'm combining it all. And like, this is, this is the skills that I'm, that I'm bringing to the table And she was like a hundred percent. Yes. Like so enthusiastic that I just sort of threw that out there. Like, this is what we're doing. This is my offer. Um, and her business, like woof through the roof after that. And as, and I joined, I was in her program. Right. And so the coaching and they're like, talk about these things. And I'm like, I don't want to be known as the declutter person or the, the cluttering person. Like I don't, I didn't, I shied away from that so much because clutter is about trauma. And I was still in that sort of process. And then I got hurt, right? My business was sort of new and tiny and small. And I was like nurturing the flames, but I still had a full time job, right? Because oh, you were doing both? I was doing both, right? I still had a full time job to pay the bills, right? Because my business was still so small and I didn't have as many like paying clients coming in. Um, You know, when I first started, like so many people, I offered my services to free, free to people to be like, give me, be my guinea pig. Let me practice with you. And then as I started offering paying clients, you know, it was not as many. (laughs) People don't pay, you know, a lot of people will come in for free. They won't all do the work, but it's fewer when it's, and I didn't, wasn't making enough yet. So I still had this full-time job and I hurt myself at work severely. Um, I tore a tendon in my groin and I wasn't able to walk anymore. Well, I I was, I still walked because I didn't think it was a big deal. Right. I'd been through worse. I can tolerate so much pain. Right. I had this, you know, and I was, I had always been that person. Right. I go to work on my deathbed because that was what was drilled into me as a child was you're not allowed like sick days or time off or anything like you had to have a fever and the school had to send you home. Like I can remember staying home with chickenpox and strep throat and that's it as a child. Like there wasn't like, I don't feel good. I'm like, no, you go no matter what. There was never a break. Um, and so I did that. I, I and I had done it like my whole life. Right go to work, go to work, go to work, because I got to pay the bills. I got to be the reason. And I didn't see it, you know, that it was still being carried through until this point where when I injured myself, like I felt the pop happen. I even heard the pop happen, but I chalked it up to, uh, it's probably not a big deal, right? It's no big thing. And I walked on it for a month before I started going to the doctor. and when I went, they couldn't diagnose what I had done. <laughs> because, oh my gosh! Um, because I'd walked on it for a whole month, and now they thought it was over here, and they thought it was here. So it took them a year and a half to diagnose what I had done. Meanwhile, their insurance people are trying to force me to go to work, and they're—it's not worth it to them to to continue to pay my bills or to you know to pay my paycheck if I'm if I'm not going to work. Um, And they did everything in their power to get me to quit or um, Mm -hmm. give up, walk away, make me feel worthless and unworthy. Um, They ran off every doctor that tried to help me and it brought up everything for me, right? All the work that I had done in all of these workshops and all these experiential things to try to heal through this trauma, it finally like came up through all of it, um, full force every day. Like it was in my face and it again, transformed me into, um, just resorting back to the one thing I know, like, how can I go through this process? How do I, how do I declutter the internal stuff? Right. I was all good at decluttering the external, physical stuff, but using that as a tool to look inward at why is, why do I have this clutter? Why can't I let it go? Cause you know, I understood at that point that it's a trauma response yes. um, and I had talked countless clients through at that point, but I had never like come face to face with my own. And that transformed how I, how I even, didn't, I shouldn't say it transformed how I coached them because it wasn't, it, it wasn't, but it more let me see that I had a formula. (laughs) Like I had a system that I I just didn't realize it. Right. It was sort of like my way of being, but it hadn't yet manifested. Right. And as I dove into it and I really worked my own way through my own internal clutter everything got better right every my body first of all started to to heal right because I was on my own with with that um I started to get better in my body I started to get better in my thought process um I my relationship changed I did I met a person I met a man and we started living together like we've develop and 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 it's like the relationship I visioned as a child, right? It's it is a partnership sort of thing. Um I started having clients and seeing like their results and so in other business, words this works. Right. My business my clarity of how do I help people? How like how and it 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 started becoming this whole method of how I work with clients, not just um not just in this vacuum of I can do this and I can do this and I, like all the pieces and it became this wholeness of design around not just designing your space now but designing you mm. for who are we becoming who are we designing this space for because we're not designing the space for the woman who's sitting here at this table today we're designing the space for who you're going to be next year like we want to make room for her to blossom yes. in this space because this is that this is what that space is for that's what safe space means to uh. give you everything and once you get into alignment with that energy it just flows back into you and so it was like that whole process of me like learning how to do <laughs> what I, but also having it you know doing it for myself and so many people were uh, integral to that, so many clients along the way of of seeing their process, but it allowed me to also be able to face my own clutter, like you say, and and yeah, it works. It what's really, does.
0: what's really beautiful is that you have your free gift that people can get, which is exactly what you just shared, which is how to declutter your mindset. And I I just I love so much how you marry your love of interior design, feng shui and all that with decluttering the inside internal trauma because that is so important. So I just really love that you're sharing that and that you combined them both and you have all this knowledge to be able to help people. And I think it's just so beautiful. Uh, But before we let you go today, what would you say to that woman that's sitting there that, I don't know, maybe she's on the fence. What would you say to her?
1: um, you deserve that. You are worth letting go of the past. You are worth the future that you envision for yourself. Um, and as much as you deserve it, you are the only one that can do the work for yourself, like you're the only one that can say yes to your future. You're the only one that um that can step into that.
0: Oh, I felt that. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> that was awesome. This was pure gold. Thank you so much, Crystal, for coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me. I love talking about this stuff. Like yes. I can go on for hours and hours and hours. Like I just <laughs>
0: Yeah. So I encourage you to check her out her website as well. All the links will be in the description box. And as always, thank you guys for listening, for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye now. Bye.